Welcome to Waiting for Review, a show that follows the journeys of two iOS developers. I'm Dave Knott, an iOS developer in Devon, England. And I'm Dave Wood, an iOS developer in Wellington, New Zealand. Join us as we discuss the development, code and technology of our journeys. So Dave, are you running High Sierra or not? Yep, on my MacBook Ah. and my iMac. So I've been a bit lazy about upgrading. Um, so I'm still over on Sierra and I think this week I feel slightly vindicated about that. Um, because, <laughs> um, why would that be? The whole, yeah. Yeah. I wonder why. So, uh, have you, obviously we're talking about the fact that, uh, there's the whole gaining root, um, problem that um, broke out across the internet this week. Um, which I think Apple have now rushed to get a patch out for. Yeah, I I came to my iMac yesterday, the day before, and I had the little box in the top right saying um, a security update taking place automatically. Um, yeah, so that that would be the fix for that, I guess. Yeah. Um, was it that um, it's only like the second time they've ever used that kind of power, though, isn't it? I think there was the NTP bug back in. 2014 I think it might have been where they had to do yep. a similar thing where they sort of just auto push an update to everyone's Macs and it's almost like you as the user don't get a choice it just updates yeah um, you need this yeah You're having it <laughs> and I've seen a little bit of pushback on that online sort of like you know why is Apple doing this without it's almost like some people maybe feel a little bit violated I suppose like Apple have just chosen well, to do this to your machine without asking you or any say so from you but I think they've really kind of had to in this case yeah, there's a little bit of justification there, provided obviously they've not messed the patch up at all. Um, well, there was a fix for the patch though at one point, wasn't there? Yeah, so there was a problem I saw that was if if you um, had applied the patch um, yourself and then updated, you needed to reapply the patch again um, because there was an update that um, that kind of undid what the what the patch had done. Oh right, I I saw a different thing in that the patch itself that they auto pushed out to everybody um, was messing up some file shares for people. So there there was a, there's a tech doc, a tech doc out there that explains, um, I think through the command line, some stuff you can do to kind of fix the fix. If, if you're affected in that way, I mean, I'm not at all. So I, I, yeah, I'm I'm good here now. Um, I think some people maybe were affected by that. That's, um, like I say, it's not really done anything to uh, to motivate me to update yet, and I don't really know why I've I've kind of left it because I I would normally have updated by this time, but I've just not felt any major motivation to really change. No, I mean, I mean, we spoke about it briefly, didn't we, when I upgraded, and you you know you could have fooled me, you could have told me I was on Sierra, and I'd have believed you. And there really wasn't yeah. any kind of user facing benefits not really um but then i suppose that was the whole point of it and yeah a lot of it was under the hood and you know that that's fine um i mean apfs being being the big one i mean that that's quite an achievement when you think about it in that yeah especially when you think about how many ios devices they just magically changed into apfs and all the macs i mean that's a huge technical achievement and then you've got people like me sat here being like well there's no difference so <laughs> it must be kind of annoying for, <laughs> for them to hear um yeah, I mean, the, it's groundwork, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. That's it. It's, it's groundwork. So I'm guessing you've got uh, no plans to upgrade anytime soon? 
I kind of want this to blow over and for there to be another update to it down the line that, that you know brings a bit of certainty and then at that point I'll just you know go all in kind of thing at that, that then so I'm not really worried then about updating now and do I still need to keep it patched are they going to mess anything else up you know just kind of let, let it blow over for a little while yeah I mean reading kind of more about it it does seem like perhaps the fix should have been pretty simple in that it maybe was just a couple of lines of code that was causing the issue I mean are you familiar with how how, how it all kind of came about not fully no I mean obviously I know how you were able to just sort of type root in um and then that that kind of gave you that access the way I understood it so apologies if this is wrong this is my understanding is that when you get the like the username prompt box come up, so in my case, I'll get one that comes up saying username David Not, then type in your password. Yeah, um, I could then replace my name with root, and then yep. leave the password blank, and then click OK. And the first OK will then create the root user with a blank password, right. sort of like an empty string password. Oh, and then if you okay. click it again. It goes, oh, okay, yeah, that's that's it, because you're now root with no password. That matches. Yeah. So the first OK creates the account, because obviously um, Mac OS by default doesn't have root, because it's kind of like the God account, isn't it? And it's disabled for safety reasons, because why would most yep. people need that? Uh, yeah, so first, first click creates the account with a blank password. Second click, obviously, you're trying to log in, and it matches, and it lets you in. Wallop, done. So it kind of almost looks like... Ouch. I mean, that, that could just be like an if statement just sort of flipping logic wrong or, or something yeah um quite embarrassing but I've, I've kind of got quite a bit of empathy for, for the developer that's maybe at fault here um I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know i think a lot of the media has kind of obviously taken taken the view of this wouldn't have happened if steve was alive and apple's qualities going downhill and yeah you've heard it all before apple's doomed that kind of thing um yeah but yeah, as, wait, as wait, I wait. put my developer hat on and I'm like, I, I feel really sorry for these guys and I can kind of understand how something like that could happen. It's kind of, for me, maybe the QA process is the problem. Uh, potentially. And uh, you could also make the argument that this is exactly the sort of area and thing that, that unit testing should pick up as well. Um, so it's, I, I don't know. I mean, without knowing their processes and without knowing exactly how this is, has gone wrong, um, I wouldn't really like to, to comment too far, but it it kind of feels like this is the sort of thing that the right processes around the development should catch. And I would expect Apple as a company to have the right processes. You can't catch everything. I know that. Yeah. On the other on the other hand, I can feel a lot of empathy here. But uh, yeah, that, I, I just hope that they don't have anything too big like this again anytime soon. Um, well, they almost did yesterday. Because, yeah. Uh, the December second oh, iOS bug. Yes, yes, absolutely. Was that happening only in beta, or was that happening in in live iOS? Uh, no, if you were on beta, um, so you'd have been on eleven point two beta, you'd have been fine. So it was actually the right. live build eleven one dot whatever it was. Um, yeah, so yesterday eleven two got pushed out of beta and went went public. Right. Um, which yeah, for me that came around just after lunch UK time. So I, you know, quickly ran around the house. I updated my new iPhone 10, which we'll get onto. Uh, the iPhone 6 that <laughs> Heather's now 
taken. Uh, that didn't yep. take long. And uh, I got in touch with my mum and said, you know, you need to do yours and all the rest of it because that, that could have been quite nasty. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think Craig Federici's probably had a bit of a week of it so far. That's poor guy. <laughs> I felt kind of sorry so. for him. I was like, what a week. <laughs> Um, it's it's very tricky when I sort of see the, these things happening though because it it reminds me that the feeling I have with it it reminds me of of um, sort of running Windows way back when and kind of ending up with that um, that mentality of you um, you don't install a new Windows operating system on day one you know you wait for Surface Pack two yeah. um, was kind of the the, the the advice at the time. Um, which, you know, that's, that, that's kind of cool to sort of say, okay, you don't update to the latest OS until it's been out for what a year at that point. (laughs) I can't really remember windows timelines, but yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I worry that that's kind of becoming the case for Mac OS a little bit. Um, I would rather not sort of feel vindicated for, for being tardy on updating. I'd rather it was all just sort of update as quick as you can keep running the latest i kind of feel split i feel partly a little bit i don't know if i don't know if anger is the right word but i feel a little a little bit kind of let down um and then the other side of me kind of picking it to pieces it's kind of like yeah this stuff can and does happen this is this is software development stuff will go wrong um, yeah all the time basically um <laughs> it's just this one this one has been a pretty unlucky one, I would say, in this in the scheme of things. But then, as, yeah. as you as you pointed to the, the QA and the processes surrounding it, you would hope would would catch it. And I think that's probably reading between the lines of that um, statement Apple released, saying that I think they're going like, to have an overview of their processes. I think that's probably what they mean by that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess the only the only thing I can sort of see here that could possibly be a bit of a positive is that. In terms of the annual cycle, this is perhaps the best time for that sort of introspection. Um, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't know that for sure. But if you think about we're not in the middle of the run up to WWDC or rolling out a load of, of new APIs and SDKs and everything else, this is the time perhaps to sort of make sure things are, are bolted down, at least for sort of the next wave and updates next June. Yeah, because I suppose we're just coming up to the big run up where they start really diving deep on development yeah, yeah so th- th- this would be a good time i guess sort of this this side of christmas and the new year i hope i hope that's a positive at least because it, it's got to feel like an awful situation if you're in the middle of uh in the middle of it all um and then to have that sort of okay we're now going to review everything process wise that that will be painful too um at least for for a short while until there's an outcome on that and you know new processes are then put in and, and stuck to So speaking of updates in general, Dave, I know that you have made a major update to your iPhone. You've you've just jumped all the way from the 6 all the way up to the 10, have you not? I have indeed. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, quite quite the jump. I wasn't I wasn't expecting it to be as big of a jump, which when I think about it now, I mean of course it's going to be a big jump. How many generations have there been in between the 6 and the 10? Um yeah, success seven. Yeah, sort of eight, eight ish. Does eight count? Ish. Probably not. I don't know. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I read the stories every year about, you know, when the 7 came out. It's like, should you upgrade to the 7? It's like, well, if you've already got 6S, you've got these benefits. So, yeah, maybe. And I'm thinking, well, I've, I've got the 6, so I'm getting all the benefits of the 6S, and I'd get the benefits of the 7. And then this year, it's kind of like, should you upgrade to the 8? And it's like, well, if you've already got the 7, you get these benefits. I'm thinking, well, I'm going to get the benefits now of the 6S and the 7 and the 8. And then, of course, the 10 adds yep. even more to that. So I feel like I'm getting loads of stuff all at once, uh, which is really quite nice. Um, it's the, the payoff for waiting that long, I think. I think so, yeah. I mean, it's been, what, three years, essentially, just over since I got the 6. It's it's really nice. It is really, really nice. Uh, in, interesting, actually, the update yesterday, 11.2, Bought some new wallpapers to the phone as well because I th- remember when I th- first got it on Friday. Um, the t- the TV ads. Have you seen the TV ads for the iPhone 10? Yeah, where they kind of got this like metallic liquidy stuff that kind of flows around the edge of the corners of the screens. Um, yep. Yeah, another one. Yeah, yeah, and I thought, oh, that'd be that'd be quite a cool wallpaper. Um, I didn't realize you could have live wallpapers either. That's how kind of far behind I've been with the six. Yes, you can. Uh, you well, can indeed. Although they don't make a lot of sense to me, which maybe we'll get onto in, in a little bit. But I thought, oh, that's weird. You just thought if they're going to have live wallpapers, they would have those things that are on the TV ad because that's, you know, they're almost showing you how awesome these things are. Yeah. And all all they had was these kind of weird sort of uh, like colours and sort of like smoky effects. I was like, oh, okay, maybe not. And then I updated to 11.2 yesterday when that rushed update came out. And and they were in there, so I suppose bonus. Yeah, every cloud, I suppose. In that <laughs> sense, yeah, it's um re- really really enjoying the device so far. Um, just little things that I noticed all the way from the packaging through to the way you use the device that, that's changed over time. It's kind of weird having not had a new phone every year for the last three years. You you notice these things more. Yeah, it's, it's so much more pronounced. Just just small things like, uh, you know, the wrapping that the phone comes in, that kind of cellophane wrapping. Yeah. It always used to be um, standard practice was you turn the box upside down, get a knife and sort of cut around the opening. And then yep. you could sort of, it would all come away nicely. Uh, whereas now they've got a nice little pull tab. So <laughs> I, I went to the <laughs> went to the drawer to get like a, a sharp knife and I was almost about to start cutting. I was like, oh. There's a pull tab, so that's that's kind of cool. The second thing I noticed was when you open the box, you no longer see the phone as the first thing, which kind of surprised me. That seemed like a little bit of a step backwards. Uh, when I unbox my iPhone 6, you pull the box open and bang, there's there's the phone looking straight at you. Whereas yep. now I've got this leaflet just saying, designed in California. Right. And then that contains like your Apple stickers and your SIM card tool and all that stuff within like this little pouch. You take that off and then you see the phone. That just struck me as different. I'm yeah, not, I'm not sure that, why they that, did, that it, did it that way. No, because um, yeah, every every phone that I've had sort of for the last few years, it's, it's been on the top of the box on the inside. It's the first thing you see is you take that lid off. Yeah, um, and you kind of have to hunt around for the stickers, or I did with with my last one at least. Yeah, it's always been that they're kind of buried underneath somewhere, isn't it? Yeah, I mean. I don't really know what I use the stickers for now. To be fair, they they just sort of I've never used them. End up getting <laughs> no. They, they, my kids have used them on a couple of things. That that sort of tends to be the way. But no, um, loving Face ID. Face ID is is really quite good. Um, You're not missing Touch ID. No. Um, although there's one thing, and I'm, part of me thinks that I'm doing something wrong because it seems kind of that obvious that it should do what I think it should do, but it's not. So you know, it's got the attention detection. And 
then if you've got notifications on your lock screen and you lift your phone up and you go to do Face ID, when it Face IDs you, the notifications expand, revealing the content of them. Um, so if I was to get a, like a, an iMessage from you, it would say, you know, you've got an iMessage from Dave Wood and that'd be it. And then I Face ID and then it would expand and I could see like the preview of your message, which is a really nice yep. pr- like privacy feature. I'm you know all up for that. However, I'm finding that if I raise the phone, I see I've got a notification from you. And maybe I've got some other Twitter things and stuff that I'd like to see expand as well. If Face ID fails, I'm I'm kind of stuck. So what are my options at that point? My options are to swipe to unlock just to get into the phone. Um, yeah. But then if I've got notifications from multiple apps that I'd just quite like to quickly see at a glance, I've kind of I've lost that at that point. I've then got to sort of um, drag down the, I don't know what you call it, drag down kind of like the lock screen from the top of the device where you swipe yep. down which isn't ideal, um, or I have to lock the screen and re-unlock it to try and get Face ID to, uh, to put have, you back in have, the spot. Have another go. I, yeah. I initially thought, because you got the padlock at the top of the screen, and it, it just seemed natural to me that if Face ID failed, because it kind of like sort of the padlock shakes to be like, nope, not letting you in, I kind of thought, oh, okay, I'll tap the padlock and maybe that will sort of give me another round of Face ID. Um, but it doesn't. So that's kind of what like. What does my... it do? Does that sort of bounce you through to um, the pass passcode unlock? Hang on, let me see. I don't think it does anything. Yeah, tapping it now when it's locked it does absolutely nothing. Right. So, yeah, if there was one feature they could change on on the home screen or the lock screen, that that would be it. I think. It's, it's yeah. just interesting how those little details come out once you start using it, sort of day to day. And and my opinions. I'm, what are we now on Sunday? I only picked the phone up on Friday. Um, and already some of the notes I've made, I'm looking back at them and my opinions have changed since I made them initially on Friday. Um, <laughs> it's, it's quite an interesting process when you get a new device and you start getting used to it. At first, you so can what's kind of the be... um, what's the biggest thing that sort of leaps out from that? Uh, from my opinions changing, yes, uh, that would almost certainly be True Tone. I really didn't like it when I first opened the phone up. Really didn't like it in a big way. Um, I first used True Tone probably a couple of weeks ago on my friend's iPhone 10 and we yeah. were uh we were at a bar and we went outside and it was kind of like one of these over like covered over areas outside um where they had those like heat lamps above you to try and keep people warm that are outside and they're like yeah. they give like a very very red light basically um and I used his iPhone 10 under that and I was like wow the screen looks weird and he's like, oh, no, it'll just be those light things. So I was like, okay, fair enough. Got my iPhone ten, um, started it up, and I was like, oh, the screen looks weird. Almost like it looked under those weird heat lamp things that we were under the other day. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't, I don't like this. Um, and But I said to myself, I'm going to leave it on because, you know, I should be not – I don't want to be that guy that just don't like it, turn it off, and then I never use that feature again because it could turn out that I really do like it over time, and then I've got all the yeah. years of benefit while I have the device. Um, so f- kind of Friday through some of yesterday morning, I found myself almost being pleased when I found myself in lighting conditions that made the screen bluer, <laughs> i.e. kind of like my iPhone 6 has been all this time because that's a very blue sort of screen when you you know, compare the two now. Yeah. Um, now, fast forward to yesterday evening, um, Heather's now kind of taken over my iPhone 6 and she was getting it all set up. And she said, oh, can you help me with so-and-so? She handed me the device, and I was like, whoa, that is really blue. I don't like that at all. 
and then I went back to my iPhone 10 and I was like, oh, this is really nice. And of course it was like quite showing quite a ready kind of tone to the screen because it was, we were in a room where there wasn't a lot of light and it was evening time and things like that. So I've yeah. completely 180'd on True Tone um, to the point now where I, I would say it, it enhances the device massively. So I think the, the, the lesson learned here is stick with things for a little bit. Because I was yep. I was very close to going into settings and being like, nope, True Tone's going. Don't like that. Um, <laughs> but then, equally, I've been hit, I've heard a lot about it when it when did it first appear? Was it on the seven? Uh, I don't think it was on the seven. I think it came in with the oh the iPad, um, wasn't it? The iPad Pro, yeah, that was it. Yeah, I remember like you know the sort of all all the podcasts I listen to. Um, lots of people are saying, oh yeah, True Tone, amazing, love it. I kept thinking. Well, if these guys love it, there's got to be there's got to be something to it. I mean, all all of if if one person out of all the podcasts I listened to said, "Yeah, True Tone's great," all the others were like, "Yeah," I'd have felt quite justified in just diving into settings and turning it off straight away. But given that they all pretty much across the board unanimously, they all said True Tone is amazing. I thought I've got I've yeah. got a, I'm probably the problem here. Uh, turned out I was. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely the biggest thing that I've um I've one eighty'd on. The screen itself right. is is really really good. I'm still paranoid as anything about screen burn. I think I will be for forever. In the same way that yep. my plasma screen downstairs is probably nearly six years old, and I'm still terrified of burning it. Um, probably at this point, it doesn't <laughs> matter because <laughs> it's that old. <laughs> but yeah, it doesn't doesn't go away. <laughs> awesome. Have you um, have you played much with the? Uh, camera on it and sort of got into any of the the sort of new things you can do with that yes and that's quite interesting actually i was really disappointed with the camera oh yeah i thought that as well that, that feels surprising yeah so it started out um i started playing with portrait mode because i've never had that before on a phone i started playing with the the two times telephoto lens because again never had that on the phone and i took a picture of um we we're putting up some christmas decorations yesterday and charlie managed to find the bag of tinsel and he managed to cover himself in tinsel so i thought well, this is perfect this is like a great portrait mode shot um yeah so without him noticing i managed to kind of crouch down and get a really nice sort of natural photo of him just having fun in tinsel and great photo really really happy that i managed to get it but then i was looking at it i zoomed in and i was like this looks really bad. So that the quality looks terrible. Almost <laughs> the only way I could describe it, it almost looked blotchy. Okay, um, is that an artifact of the the portrait mode itself, well, rather than? Well, this the... is what I wondered. This is what I wondered, and it kind of looked like if, it almost like there's a filter being put on it, almost like a like a, a pastel-y effect. If you were to do like a drawing in like pastels, it kind of had yeah. that look to it where everything looked very layered. Um, I've kind of zoomed in on his cheek and where like the, his skin changes color as like the light sort of contoured over his, his, his cheek. It, it almost looked very, very blotchy. Almost like when you print out a color photo on a laser jet, you can almost see where the toner layers on each other. So you got like the yellow, the right. cyan. It almost had that look to it. Okay. I thought, well, this is, this is odd. Cause I'd have heard about this in reviews. If this was like a thing, um, thought it was probably portrait mode and obviously that's in beta still technically isn't it yes um, so okay come out of portrait mode just try regular regular camera one times lens no zoom no nothing 
took another one of the dog. Um, and it looked the same. I was like, oh no, like, what's going <laughs> have I got like a dodgy camera sensor or something? Um, and it turns out it's the new Heath file format. Okay, that 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 feels even more surprising. Um, that's interesting. So so that that the Heath file format is actually creating a sort of level of loss within the image. Yeah, and it, I guess it kind of makes sense when they say they can sometimes save up to eighty percent image size uh, on on the file. It would it would add up. So I went into camera settings, changed it to. Yeah, so camera capture, high efficiency or most compatible. So at the right. moment, it, uh, I got I got a, like a pop-up dialogue when I was using the, when I was setting up and it said, because your Mac's upgraded to High Sierra, you can use high efficiency yep. and it, you know, it kind of work across all your devices. Do you want to? I was like, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll take that. Um, but then if I go to most compatible, it says... Most compatible will always use JPEG slash H.264, but 4K at 60 frames per second and 1080p at 240 frames per second require high efficiency. So putting it into most compatible pretty much got rid of the issue. Um, mm. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's, you know, to someone listening to this, it sounds like this is like a really big issue and there should be you know this big article on all the sites like, you know, scandal about the Heath file format, how terrible it is. It's, most people probably think it's fine. I think I'm just like really picky. Yeah, um, but there was definitely something there that didn't look right to me. Even when I, you could say, well, don't zoom in on the image because you know, really, when do you zoom in really far on someone's cheekbone and look at the, you know, the detail? You, you don't really do that, mm. do you? But even like on photos where I was zoomed out, um, where the photo just sort of auto fits to the size of the screen, it still didn't look that good to me. I don't know whether I'm being super fussy. Um, I mean, sort of my main camera is a like a Nikon SLR, so I'm kind of semi into photography in a reasonably serious way. But I, I don't consider myself like a, a super pro photographer or anything like that. But I'd be interested to know if other people have noticed it. And yeah, find it, it, it does feel like something that a level of analysis should already be out there for. Yeah, I did do some Googling, um, like Heath versus JPEG, and there, and there were articles to back up what I was saying. I just don't really think they've gained that much traction to be sort of thrown to the top of Mac rumors or TechCrunch or, or whatever, because I think yeah. most, I think most people are like, yeah, it's fine, it's great. So yeah, and the performance gain, I guess, or the the space gain out of um, out of the file format probably is worth it for the vast majority of people. Yeah, and again, the vast majority of people. I mean, even sort of people that are really into photography might be like yeah this is this is this is fine it's a phone camera whatever um yeah i, d- I don't know I, f- I feel like maybe i'm making more of it than most people would if, if that makes sense right. but it, it bugged it, would be... it, it bugged me enough that i've gone back to jpeg for now right I'd, I'd be very very interested to um sort of see your impressions of it with um with an app recording or taking photographs in raw because you you can do that um, with apps like Obscura. Oh, can you? Yes, yes, you can. You you can um, you can record in RAW um, on on that phone. I'm pretty sure um, I can record RAW images. I believe on on my seven. Right. Um, I know the seven plus definitely can. Uh, it's not something I really mess around with, but I, I have a friend um, who is similar to yourself in that he has a, a sort of more expensive proper camera 
as it were, but he likes being able to record uh, images in RAW off his phone um, when, when he just doesn't happen to have that camera on him, just as, a, as sort of I can do this to get the perfect shot or, or a better shot at least um, and edit it in Lightroom and everything afterwards. Yeah. And I, I suppose in a way that's kind of the benefits that Heath brings is the fact that you can edit after the fact. Yeah. R- rather than having, you know, the effects of the moment baked into a JPEG permanently. Um, so I, yeah, I'm not particularly pleased that I've sort of reverted to JPEG um, because Heath brought a lot of advantages that I quite liked. Um, so yeah, ask me again in a couple of weeks, maybe. It, it might be that I've just been testing the camera out in sort of lighting conditions that aren't that great. So maybe these problems are being overemphasized. So maybe yeah. if I was to go out today and you know, take a walk somewhere and take some nice you know, outside photos, I might have a completely different opinion. So it's still early days. And again, I feel like here I could be taking the same route as I was almost taking with True Tone. Yeah, that, that feels like one that you should perhaps um, turn back on for a week. Yeah, I think and, so. And just kind of iron that out a little bit. I mean, um, my biggest relief is that switching to JPEG did seem to you know, get rid of the issue for me. So I know basically yeah. I haven't got like a dodgy phone. That was basically where I was coming at, coming at it from. Um, I could understand that worry. Um, yeah, have have you played with um with any of the sort of like um animojis and that side of stuff? <laughs> Briefly, yeah. <laughs> it, it, interestingly, um, I I always get really self well not self conscious, but I always get really weird about when um I show some someone say to me, "Oh, so you've got the new iPhone?" I'm like, "Yeah, I've got the new iPhone." They're like, "So what's different about it?" And they say that in a way that's kind of like why have you wasted all that money on a stupid iPhone that does nothing different than last year's or the years before? Um, yeah. And especially when they ask it about the watch, when they say, so what does it do then? I'm like, uh, I don't know. Um, quickly think, 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 think. <laughs> I can never sort yeah. of make a compelling argument. And Heather said to me, oh, so you, you've got your new phone then? And I was like, yeah, yeah, it's really cool. And she's like, oh, so what can it do? And I was like, uh, what do I show her? I thought, an emoji, that'll do it. <laughs> 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 and yeah, I think that's definitely... I feel like I've got a really good feature in the bag now that when someone says, so what can it do that's different? I'm like, right, watch this. And it just generally impresses the man in the street. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we had a bit of fun with Animoji. So that's, uh, I can't, I can't really see myself using it though. Not really. No. And, and I think um, it's a bit of fun and it's, it is something to show the phone off sort of as it were. Um, but, I think the technology that underpins it is going to become used more and more often. The face tracking technology itself and being able to sort of do do things with, with having that information coming through into your app. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to get way more use in something like Snapchat rather, yep. rather than Animoji. Yeah, like. absolutely. Um, and you know, anything from sort of makeup apps... Uh, all the way through to, you know, what, what what would my hair look like in this color or whatever? Trying trying clothes and things on even um, potentially sort of down the line. Yeah, I saw okay. that. Um, is it Warby Parker, the glasses company? Um, they, okay, they quite often sponsor a lot of other podcasts. Um, so you go to the optician, you get your prescription, and then you just send them the prescription, and they'll make up your glasses. Uh, you know, they basically sell cheap glasses. Um, yeah, I think they've upgraded their app to take advantage of 
uh, that technology so you can sort of do a try on with different glasses and see which ones you like awesome. and then order those. So yeah, that that kind of thing I think is going to be really cool. Talk about your favourite thing, your biggest thing. I mean, the biggest thing in my notes actually is the the case I went for. Believe it or not, I got to the Apple Store and because I pulled it through the business team, I had to go upstairs and they've got like a little office. Their their kind of door to their little office was right by where the cases are displayed. And I thought, oh, should I should I get a case? Because on the phone when I ordered the phone, they said, oh, you know, do you, do you want us to put you back a case or anything? And I was like, no, I'm I'm going to go caseless. <laughs> you can tell like they were like oh really i was like yeah 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 i was like okay fine and this is a a large reason why i went for the silver phone because i i was looking at it from the point of view that i'm going caseless so i'd rather have the silver one because i think that kind of would maybe age better over time in that the silver band could be maybe polished if it got gets knocked up um the white hides fingerprints i found on the back so if you were to grab hold of a right. space grey one without a case on it, that's going to leave a lot of fingerprints that are very, very visible. Um, and on that basis, super glad I went for the silver. It almost looks like my old white iPhone G uh, 3G from years ago, which is it's kind of nice. So that's kind of all coming back around full circle. It feels like the nicest iPhone 3G ever at the moment. <laughs> um, but you went for the case. I went for a case and I must have spent... 25 minutes looking at the cases i was like in full indecision mode to the point where two members of staff came up to me and asked me if i was okay (laughs) i was probably looking quite concerned and lost um so i went for in the end i went for a black silicon case the apple one i originally went in there thinking i would go for a leather case because i had the leather one on the six and i really liked it and i quite liked the look of the saddle brown leather case yeah. Um, although when I got to the Apple store, the case had all these marks all over it and it looked really beat up. Almost like where people right. had grabbed hold of it, like sort of had scratches on it. Very, very visible. And I thought, well, that's probably not going to age too that's well. That's not good. Yeah. So I looked at the black leather case and I thought, okay, this one looks like it's, you know, this, this could take a beating. It looks really quite good. Like it's going to age well. Um, and then I looked at the inside of the cases and you know how they're kind of flock lined? They've yes. got like that really nice lining inside them. I looked at the leather one and keep in mind when I'm saying this, I went for the, the silver iPhone 10, which means it's got the stainless steel band, which is going to scratch up really easily if my steel watch is anything to go by. So I looked at the flock lining of the leather case and it looked like the kind of the lining only extended to really cover the glass. Oh. So as the the case kind of curves around to sort of cover the band of the phone, yeah, there, there wasn't any like lining. It was so almost, it's not really protecting it. No, it was almost like quite le- the same way, like just l- some kind of leather in there. So I'm thinking that's going to scratch up. I looked at the silicon cases and the linings kind of go edge to edge, right? So that made that decision essentially. That made that really really easy. Um, I nearly went for a white silicon case, believe it or not. Just to keep showing off the the, the the colour choice. In a way, yeah. I thought, well, I've gone for a white phone, so it seems a bit silly to put a black silicon case on it because then who's going to know you've got the white phone? But then, yeah. I, again, I looked at the white silicon and there was little marks all over it and you could really see them. And to be fair, one of the uh, Apple Store guys came up to me and he said, we've had a lot of people saying that um, <laughs> you get quite a lot of rub off from like blue denim jeans that ends up sort of 
staining the staining silicon. the silicon. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I went went for a black silicon case, and I kind of thought I've I've got the best of both worlds. I've got a case that's going to look fairly good, even when it's knocked up quite a bit. Um, and equally, I can take the case off, and I've got a white phone, and I can put the case on, and I've got a, a black phone. So I've kind of got options. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that was it. That took twenty five minutes in the store. <laughs> to come to that <laughs> conclusion which seems crazy when i think about it um but you're happy but yeah. with where you are now and i think having the choice like you say to sort of go oh black phone white phone black phone white phone that's that's quite cool too yeah and i um, think it's going to live in the case for the most of the time because it feels really grippy without the case it's probably the best grippiness i've had in an iphone forever um but i am just terrified of dropping that phone terrified yeah um i mean what is it it's like nearly 500 pounds i think for a back's back replacement ouch just because yeah or 500 dollars um <laughs> well, so that probably means 500 pounds yay um and then the screen i think is 200 and something dollars 270 dollars for a front screen so it's like this is all money that i don't want to be spending just for like a stupid drop on the floor so yep for the sake of just leaving the case on. Yeah, for the sake of a, a thirty nine ninety nine case, which is really expensive when I look at it and think about it. But hey, what, what are you going to do? You're this far down the path now. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I think just to just to finish, the fact that we haven't even mentioned the notch in all of this is testament to how little it matters. Um, yeah, I have not found it to be a single issue at all. I mean, I use my phone almost exclusively in portrait mode, and it's just, it's just not an issue. So if there's anyone on the it's fence, non-issue. Yeah, if there's anyone on the fence about the notch, just, just don't worry about it. Just don't worry about it at all. Even in landscape, when I watch videos, it, it kind of frames it nicely, so you don't even know the notch is there. It's fine, basically. <laughs> oh, that's really awesome, Dave. I'm glad to hear you're enjoying it so much. Yeah, I just need to get some wireless chargers now. I stay, that's phase two of my master plan. Okay, we'll call that a wrap. If you've enjoyed today's show, it would be great if you could leave us a review on iTunes. It's always good to hear from our listeners. Um, if you're an Overcast user, if you could hit that start button to recommend us again, that would be great. Um, we'd also like to remind you that now we have our very own Slack channel. We'd love to invite you to join. If you'd like to, there will be instructions in the show notes. Or the easiest way is just for you to send us a message on Twitter at WFR Podcast, and we'll get you signed up. So, Dave, where can people find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter at DW RoboHeads. That's RoboHeads spelt with a Z. And you can find my applications over at RoboHeads.com. Again, that's RoboHeads spelt with a Z. How about you, Dave? Yeah, you can find my remote control for Cody at armchair-remote.com. You can find my app to help kids learn to read at spacereaders.com. And on Twitter, you can find me at underscore Dave Knott. <laughs>